What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. Hey, yo. And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, the OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys by the fans. That is us. As always, intro and outro music provided by Park and Main. Check them out over at parkandmainband.com. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay. Paul doesn't matter. Uh, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> you can follow me at Fan of Flames NBA. There you go. <laughs> and Paul is at Dervish of War. Look, we changed it up a little bit. I like that. That was new and exciting. Uh, we're available on all podcasting platforms, so don't forget to subscribe. I can also throw out some of my burner accounts. You have burner accounts? <laughs> I feel like now I feel like you do. Fan of Flames was my burner account for That's a right. while. <laughs> so you could so you could so you could follow Woj, right? Yep. Because <laughs> Paul's blocked by Woj. I think we I feel like we've maybe told that story. You've ta- told that story a couple okay. times. But people still don't know. Like Dan didn't know. Yeah, that was that was surprising, I guess. I guess, I guess. Um I don't know that I've been blocked by anybody else recently. Anyway. Let's get into talking about the Suns, shall we? Although we shall. Let's start by having a little bit of fun, because this is, after all, the all-star break episode of Fanning the Flames. And since, well, we don't need to get into a certain snub because we've gone into that enough. Quick note here, we actually recorded this episode before learning that Devin Booker was named an all-star. So let's talk about everyone's favorite all-star, Devin Booker. You can ignore that whole snub thing now i guess technically it was still kind of snubbed but as we all know devin booker today we're recording on the day he was named to the all-star team dame lillard went down with an injury last night with just three minutes left or so in their game against memphis said after the game i'm not going to be able to play in the all-star game I'm not going to do the three-point contest and came out and specifically said hey hope somebody gets it like that deserves it like devin booker that, of course, sent all of us into a tizzy. Everybody got super excited, and this morning became official that Devin Booker is, in fact, going to be the injury replacement for, for Damian Lillard in both the All-Star game and in the three-point contest. I was kind of waiting to see if Silver would actually name him, because if he didn't after, A, Devin's super, super deserving, and B, Dame Lillard actually came out and named him specifically, then it would just prove to me that the NBA is absolutely against the Suns, but at the same time, it's also a very good cover-up of that antagonistic attitude the NBA has against our team. But regardless, Paul, now that Devin Booker is no longer an all-star snub, but instead an all-star, what are your thoughts? Well, I was waiting for them to um, announce that Devin Booker was also going to perform the rap song for in Dame Lillard's place as well. Was Dame Lillard going to—he was going to perform a rap song? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Well, I, he's still going. He said he's still going, so I'm assuming yeah. he's still going to perform. I didn't realize yeah. that. But he's got a groin injury. I don't know. Can you run around the stage perform a rap song with a groin injury? Maybe he'll sit and perform it. <laughs> he'll do it like Dave Grohl when he broke his leg? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I went to I went to the Foo Fighters when he had his broken leg. That was awesome. He had a big, huge Game of Thrones-type chair he sat on. Oh, it was great. That would be sweet. Maybe he could borrow that chair from Dave Grohl. Excuse me, Throne. Yes. Well, anyway, um, it was it was I, fortuitous, I guess, that this happened because, you know, when the votes came down and Booker was snubbed, you know, I think there was obviously the outrage from Sun's Twitter 
because you know that's what we do and that but at the same time i think there was a level of you know there's going to be an industry replacement or two and he'll probably still get in you're talking about back when the snub occurred back when the snub occurred like yeah a week or two ago whatever whenever that was and you know because that's just what happens you know like whether it's like an older star who's like you know what i've played in this game enough i'm a little banged up i'd i'd rather just watch you know watch without uh having to go through the whole rigmarole of being part of the the whole situation, but I do still get to be named the all-star and all-star. So there was, you know, there's those guys, there's people who like just legit get hurt and whatnot. So there was, you know, some expectation that there was a strong possibility that he'd still somehow get in or at least have another shot, mm-hmm. you know, depending on, you know, who got injured, you know, cause if it was a front court player, you know, the likelihood that the replacement would be a front court player is higher. Um, and, right, and right around that time, too, Luca hurt his ankle again, and they had exactly. estimated he'd be out for about two weeks. Right, exactly. That was budding. Right, so that was budding right up against the window of the of the All Star game, and you know that's you know being that it's Luca's first All Star game, I can see why he kind of wanted to push to get back because mm-hmm. you kind of don't want to miss that on that experience. Whereas if it was like his third, fourth, fifth one, maybe he'd just be like, you know, what, I'm just gonna take the whole break, make sure I get super healthy. So, but you know, still, because we're petty, we're like, "Come on, dude, what are you doing?" Yeah, you know, take care our, of your body, our, Luca. The, the last time we had a guy who almost got an all-star team, I mean, how furious were we all at Tony Parker when he was kind of injured, but didn't pull the injury to let Goran Dragic get the replacement and make a million dollars? Do you not remember this? I do not remember that. Dragic is year like the 13 14 season when mm-hmm. he was playing out of his mind he had a clause in his contract that if he made the all-star team he got a million bucks he was basically like first guy left off and tony park tony parker was you know kind of banged up and people were wondering if he was gonna like kind of step down um you know to open up a spot and no he didn't he's like no i want to play and yeah it was people were angry as if he we didn't needed, care. As if we needed more reason to be angry at the Spurs. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And Tony Parker, especially. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So and then like back to the story. Um, you know, I I assume that he'd have another shot to kind of get in, and then you know time keeps passing. You know, Luca's getting healthier. They're starting reports are coming out that he's probably going to be back before the All Star game. No other All Star players are getting injured, and I'm like, oh well, shit. You know, this may not happen. And like, not even on the East, like nobody was getting injured. It was kind of crazy. So um, then, like you said, like literally with three and a half minutes left in the game, Dame pulls his groin, unfortunately for him. But um, fortunately for Booker, he's finally got his shot. And Dame became a hero to Suns fans everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, because the other thing is, I mean, you look at the West, I mean, Next year's just gonna be that much harder for him to get in because I mean you got Curry's coming back, Clay's coming back, um, you know, Harden's still around, Dame's still around. You got guys like Ja coming up, um, other other young guy, uh, Darren Fox is now going to be in competition as well. You know, it's just the West is so stacked with backcourt guys. Mm-hmm. So 
Ed Books had an amazing season, and you know, hopefully, what this means is he gets in. You know, hopefully, he plays great, and then he just kind of becomes like he kind of jumps up the list a little bit more of like this is a guy I want to see in the All Star game. So when they're like making their picks, like okay, yeah, yeah, Russell Westbrook, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, CP3, maybe not. Yeah, exactly. Should have been this year already. My bad, I forgot. Yeah. Um, Well, you you look back, you you talk about hoping that Booker performs well. You look back at uh, Tom Chambers, and this was before he was on the Suns when he was still on the Sonics, but he was a replacement, an injury replacement, and he won the MVP the year that he did that. So who knows? We'll see what happens. But regardless of what happens, Booker could be terrible at three-point contest. He could score one point in the game, but... He's there, and that's what's important to Booker, to the franchise, and to Suns fans, obviously. Have, have you looked at the roster that he's on? Like, I um, mean, obviously he's on Team LeBron. Mm-hmm. Pull that up real quick. It's like, I don't know what Giannis was doing when he was making his picks. Like, I really don't. Because that blue team, that Team LeBron is stacked. And that's what Booker uh, gets to drop into. And if he, like, outshines everybody, because, you know, he's got the guy who's have a chip on his shoulder, he's like, I should have been here all along. So so Giannis doesn't have a future as a GM. I, no. see, I see what you're saying. I mean, LeBron, Davis, Kawhi, Luka, Harden, now, De- now Devin. Simmons, Jokic, Tatum, Chris Paul, Westbrook, and Sabonis. Hmm. Hmm. Are yeah. those in order of when, how they were picked? Because was Chris Paul LeBron's second last pick? It, Chris Paul was like, his, he's like best friend. His third to last pick. Still. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was very far down the list. And you know who Giannis's last pick was? Donovan Mitchell. I just nice. Had to, I just had to throw that out there. Okay, so. The the thing that I've been looking at, and I'm interested in hearing your thoughts, and I'll share mine too here, is the way this all played out. Is this actually beneficial, the way it played out? Because you look at it, so Devin Booker gets snubbed. Devin Booker comes out, obviously not happy about it, saying, you know, this isn't the game that I grew up loving, et cetera, et cetera. Then he gets this outpouring of support. Even, you know, initially, Jared Dudley went on record on, um, I think it was Burns and Gambo or one of those shows on 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 98.7 saying Booker should have been in. He should have been in, in front of CP3. And he he expressly said that. And then afterwards, you know, re- more recently, we have Kerr saying he voted for him. Uh, and you have obviously the thing that Dame did last night saying he wants Booker to basically take his place. And it's almost like this wave of emotion. You know, Devin got that chip on his shoulder as if he didn't already kind of have it. But he got this chip on his shoulder from getting snubbed. Then he gets this love. And at the end, he still gets to be where he wanted to be the whole time. And that is at the All-Star game. And from my perspective, I mean, I think it absolutely works in Booker's benefit and, and collectively in the Suns' benefit because just that wave of emotion and the outpouring that he got, I think, you know, something gets something knocks somebody down. He gets picked up and he gets picked up even higher by ultimately getting selected to be the injury replacement. I think it's I think it's good for his good for his psyche, really, because, again, if he just got selected right off the bat, yeah, that'd be fantastic. We wouldn't have had to worry about any of this stuff the past two weeks. 
Suns, Suns Nation mood would have been a lot better. But at the same time, you wouldn't have seen this public display of support that Booker got from his peers. And maybe internally, you know, amongst the NBA player community, everybody knows that that respect is already there. I mean, Booker was what voted fourth by the players in the in the original round of voting. Yep. Um, so so that's, that, that respect is obviously there. But I think when you see guys actually go on record and publicly say it, Devin Booker should be an all-star. That's got to be really good for his, for his, again, for his psyche, for his confidence. Because at the end of the day, knowing that somebody thinks something about you is one thing, but them going out and expressing that to millions of people is, is an entirely different level. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, what do you think, Paul? Do you think that plays into it at all? Do you think there is any benefit coming from it? Or do you just kind of think it's a, hey, you know, it is what it is. No big deal. Yeah, I mean, I think I, there's the good and the bad about it, and you know, he does he does still get to make it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, when when you feel when you find out that you got the job because the guy who they really wanted turned it down a little bit, not that Dame turned it down because he wanted to turn it down, but you know, then you start to want, you know, like how much did they really like me? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but 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 in your analogy, and I'll I'll point out why I think your analogy isn't Oh my analogy exactly. is flawed. <laughs> but okay, let's look at it like this. You 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 get the job because the guy who who the higher ups wanted turned it down, but in between the time that that guy turned it down and you and and, and the initial interview, everybody every one of your peers went to those higher ups and said, Hey, this guy is actually better than this guy for this position, you know? And I think that that would play into if that was, you know, a real life situation that I went through. And I knew that everybody there that was my peer wanted me there. It was just a decision that was out of their hands. I think that means a lot. Oh, right. I mean, in the room, like in the locker room, I think he's going to like it, he's going to be doing great. I mean, you know, all those guys like the, the term real recognizes real just right is one of those things that I've always kind of applied to Booker just because not to bring it back to Donovan Mitchell, but to bring it back to Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I feel like you don't hear those comments that you hear about, like when like Wade is like, he's got next or like LeBron or like KD is like, you know, watch out for Devin Booker, you know, these like best guys in the game you know, saying he's next. Be legendary. Sure. Okay. From Kobe, you know what I'm saying? Oh, be legendary. Yeah. yeah. I thought you said D legendary. I'm like, is that a nickname that I missed? Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> anyway, um, go on. But uh, so we, we've always known that's theirs, which is so like, it wasn't surprising to me when you saw, I saw the player vote and he was like fourth pick for guards. Um, so I, I know he's, he always, he knows he has that respect and he just knows he's kind of, you know, his situation has been tough and he's been a consummate professional through it. And I think that speaks a lot to this whole thing as well. So I think from the standpoint of, you know, you're the, 
there's a little bit of, you know, consolation envy, I guess, if that's even a term. You know, it's like he's like, I wanted to be part, you know, selected. I mean, yes, I get to be here because of a technicality, but I wanted to truly be selected. So he's like, yes, I get to be a part of it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I get to be a part of it, but it's not the way I wanted to be a part of it. The, at the end, you know, right. At, at the, the end, end of the day, day, he's a part of it. And and 10 years down the line, there's not going to be an asterisk next to Devin Booker's yeah. first all-star Nobody appearance. remembers who the No one's going to remember it. They're just going to know that that this was the first year he was an all-star. First year exactly. of many, we all like to hope. And I want to bring up one more thing, and then we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming. And this doesn't really have anything to do with the all-star thing per se, but it's something that Robert Sarver mentioned when he was on Gambo and Burns, Burns and Gambo today. Uh-huh. He mentioned how... When it comes to Booker and his drive and his commitment to the game, he mentioned that Booker quite regularly comes to Sarver's house at night after they've already had practice for the day to get up shots. And that really struck me. I I can't imagine that that is a very common occurrence between number one guys on a team and the owners. I feel like Dirk did that with uh, with, uh, Cuban. Okay. I don't know how many. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how many of the owners have basketball courts in their house. I would if I, if I owned an NBA team, I would have a basketball court in my house. I'll just say that I don't even play right. basketball. I still I would have it though. <laughs> Maybe for that specific reason. I just thought it was really interesting. I, I've always known that Booker and Sarver have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they were that tight. And like I tweeted out earlier today, so apparently it's Devin Booker. And me as the only people that like Robert Sarver in the city of Phoenix. You pointed out, of course, Paul, that Fitz also likes him. So there's three of us, and I like my company. Murderer's Row. Murderer's Row, baby. So, all right. Well, let's get on with the rest of the episode, and we'll be done with this little interlude. Since DeAndre Ayton is the only Suns player that might be participating in All-Star Weekend, let's go ahead and talk about those competitions, if you will, that happen over All-Star Weekend. Because I want to know, Paul, who you think – will win the slam dunk contest, who you think will win the three-point contest. The skills competition I really, frankly, don't care about. So anyway, let's start with the slam dunk contest. Okay. So four contestants. I I feel like, first of all, how long have they been doing only four contestants? That seems really low to me. But I don't know. I think they, they keep trying to tweak it. I, can, I candidly pay very little attention to All-Star Weekend. I don't think I have since yeah. I was younger. But regardless, let's do it anyway. So, four contestants. Pat Connaughton from Milwaukee, Aaron Gordon, former University of Arizona Wildcat and future Phoenix Sun. Dwight Howard, who is... Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, <laughs> and apparently it's 2011 or whatever. And former Phoenix Sun, airplane mode himself, Derek Jones Jr., Paul, yeah. who you got? Who do I got? Who you got? I'm I'm throwing out the white guy, just because. <laughs> Pat, Pat Connaughton. Yep. Okay. Um. So then, I think, I think this is gonna be the makeup for uh, Aaron Gordon. I agree. I agree. I don't remember what year that was, but he got robbed that year. I just remember he had like the he best. Robbed. He definitely had the best dunk of the competition. By far, but I think he he wasted it in to get into the mm-hmm. into the finals. Mm-hmm. 
And I was wrong when I said, what is it, 2011, Dwight Howard, that won in 2008, actually. Oh, wow. So it's been... 12 years removed, and he's back in the dunk contest. You know what? I want to know, whose idea was that? Probably Dwight Howard's. I don't know. He's like, hey, I want to be in the dunk contest again. And there, and then somebody... But somebody, It wasn't just that it was somebody's idea. How many layers did that have to go through to be like, yeah, this is a good idea? I feel like they must have gotten turned down by a lot of people. To get yeah. to that point, you know. I mean, I would like to see Ja. You know. Sure, Jalen Lequeux. Yeah, he who does not know gravity. He who does not. He really doesn't. I, I, I and, and I've said this before. Well, I've said it on Twitter. Jalen Lequeux, when he jumps, looks like he hovers. Right? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes. Because, I, I, and I use it as an example, and I love now we're talking about the Suns. <laughs> All-Star Weekend and Jalen LeCue. Jalen LeCue is coming up in our All-Star Weekend episode. That's unexpected. But that dunk when he was with the Naz Suns, and not the reverse dunk, but where he took the ball up court and took off from just inside the free throw line, I want to say, it seemed like he jumped more up than out, yet he just kind of floated to the rim. It was I, I don't know how to describe it better than that. And I feel like that makes sense if you know what dunk I'm talking about, right? Does it? Yeah, it, it definitely makes sense. I mean, obviously, that's just like raw athleticism. I think he's actually a wizard. Oh, he's a wizard, Harry. <laughs> your look, your face. I feel like I don't surprise you often. You looked very surprised when I called Jalen Lequeux a wizard. You threw me off. It happens every now and then. Um, you know, I, but I agree with you in terms of who's going to win. I was going to say maybe we'll go for nostalgia's sake, Dwight Howard, but... Well, I, I think it's going to be down, down to Jarek Jones and Aaron Gordon in the finals. Yeah. And... Jones might take it because, like, I think he was discounted last time because he was the G League kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's only improved. I improved from there. You know, I mean, he's he's solidified himself as a member of that Heat team, and like, he's if he's not a starter, he's definitely in their like rotation. Main rotation. So, how, how about we put a little sun slant on this dunk contest thing? Remember Cedric Sabalas' Hocus Pocus dunk? You mean the one where he blindfolded himself? Yeah. So who did that one recently? Somebody did that one. Not did they? Long. Yeah. I'll go back to my whole, I really don't pay attention to this stuff. Yeah. All um, that stuff's been done. You know, I, I look back. Because nobody I, can come up with an original idea. Anymore. Right. When I was a kid, that was like the coolest freaking thing I feel like I'd ever seen. And that was mm. 92. So, yeah, kid, I was 10. Yeah. But to this day, I refuse to believe that he could see through that blindfold. But I mean, he had to, right? But I don't believe it. I don't know if he could see through it. More so like he could see down. So he kind of was able to know where is like, Okay, I got to take off here. Regardless. Regardless, that was awesome. That was awesome. Remember when said Sabalos was like the MC, the hype man at the Suns games for a while? Yes, I do remember that. Those were good times too. Yeah. Anyway. I kind of wish they would um, somehow... Because there are those guys who are like professional dunkers. Mm-hmm. And... They're creative and they come up with a bunch of shit and because they can practice it, like they actually can pull it off. But I think the I think the issue we've run into with the dunk contest for the NBA is the create the required creativity is so high 
that nobody can meet it of like, oh, this is a dunk I've never seen before. Because like props are kind of, in most cases, props are pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like they'll try to do props or something. Like I think the last like truly original dunk that we saw, that I saw, was the Aaron Gordon dunk where he did the under both, both legs. legs. Yeah. Like that was like, that was like, what the hell just happened there? You don't get that the way you used to, except for like with these kids who like, that's what they do is all they do is these crazy ass dunks. Yeah. There was one that I saw recently that was some foreign guy. Yeah. And I posted some of it on Twitter because it was phenomenal. And you know, when we put this episode out, I'll post it again because I feel like it's would be an apropos timing, if you will. So, okay, we both think Aaron Gordon will win. Let's move on to three-point shooting contests okay. then. Da- Davis Bertans, Devontae Graham. 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 Davis Bertans. <laughs> oh, my God. I, th- I think you, you switched put, the A's. I put the <laughs> accent on the wrong syllable. Um, <laughs> Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, Dame, Duncan Robinson, and Trey Young. Who you got? I think I might go with Trey. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that or weirdly Joe Harris. Who didn't wait? Didn't Joe Harris win last year? And maybe that's why I'm like thinking he I'm did. Gonna, so no, he's not going to win again. So not Joe Harris. I can see Dame doing. I mean, Dame's been on a tear. Well, you, you think you think Dame will just like step back to the logo and shoot like he's been doing yeah. recently. Well, don't I, they have, don't they have like another rack this year or something where it's back like four or six feet from three point line? Something I feel like, like I that. that. Yeah. We're like, but I think it's only like one or two shots from mm-hmm. there and they're like, they're worth four points or something. Something, something like weird. That. Yeah. 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 I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Duncan Robinson. Okay. Dude's an assassin. And I would probably mm-hmm. know, have no idea who he is if I didn't have a fantasy basketball team this year because <laughs> I had a mind team for a while. And yeah, no, I mean, the dude shoots threes at an alarming rate almost, and he shoots him at almost 44%. So let's, let's, let's say we'll go Duncan Robinson for me. All right. Enough of that fun. We done there? Yeah. Want to talk about the Suns after the All-Star break now? Wait, we're not going to go through the skills challenge? No, I'm not interested in that. Okay. I'm just not. Do you want to? No. Okay, cool. Um, Do do we want to talk about how we would fix the All-Star game, All-Star weekend, so you would actually pay attention? uh, Do you have suggestions, or are you asking me? NBA Jam Round Robin Tournament. Every team, two players, half court. Every team, like every team in the NBA? Two players. Half court, doesn't that round kind of robin def- tournament. Doesn't it make it not like All Star though? It's part of the weekend. It's not the game. Oh, oh, okay. No, okay. That I would watch. Hell yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> Absolutely. Although I guess at the same time, it's not like they'd be able to jump like forty feet in the air. So that probably would take away some right, of but the fun. But it's like the com- combo of the big three. <laughs> no, I like it. I, I like that idea, Paul. We'll, we'll, we'll pitch that to Adam. Rock and jock rules. We'll, we'll pitch that to Adam. So, yeah, yeah. Have like the like 35-foot hoop. and That's worth like 10 points. That's what I'm talking about. That, <laughs> or, then, like, or like then the four-point spots that are only active at certain points of the game. Then I'm in. <laughs> Count me in if we do that. Count me in for sure. All right. They really should, at the very least, turn the celebrity game into freaking rock and jock. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, well, how about this? How do you feel about the... 
thing that they're doing the 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 new what's the word I'm looking for here the new oh the structure structure yeah exactly it's it's interesting it might actually make it competitive in a way because like you know you're playing for something in like shorter bursts mm-hmm. so it'll make the ends of the individual quarters maybe a little bit more competitive if they're actually close and then I mean I get why they did the fourth quarter thing but at the same time I feel. I feel like it's a it's going to end up being a one year gimmick. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. And and I just I don't like that being part of the legacy in a weird way. Yeah, because I, I I don't like gimmicky stuff when you're trying to remember somebody. Okay, I'm happy you finished that sentence because after you just went on about how they should just make it rock and jock, you're like I don't like gimmicky stuff. Your pause threw me off. So anyway, no, I, I get it. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent to the whole thing like I am to All-Star Weekend in general. But anyway. I'll throw about, it on in the background while I'm eating dinner. How about place. we talk about what the Suns are going to do after the All-Star break? They're going to win a lot. Oh, I like that. Look at, who's the optimistic one now, Paul? Because everybody's going to go to Germany and get that platelet treatment for their legs and I'll be healed up when they come back. That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> just send, just send <laughs> just the Suns charter to just, Germany. Just do it. Just do Everybody it. gets it, whether you're healthy or not. Right. Yeah, it's preventative <laughs> at that point. No, and you know we talked about last episode how the Suns need this this break, and they absolutely do. Uh, struggles have been obvious, so I think it's a good physical and mental break for them. Okay, now let's go one last thing here, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. And this is maybe more of a general overall question Uh you can be as vague or as specific as you want no after the all-star break you don't want to watch basketball that was my question after (laughs) after the all-star break what do you want to see out of the suns what what will what could the suns do that you sit here at the end of the season go well at least after the break they did this and well, win games isn't is it is a right win. answer, but not an appropriate answer. Well, one thing I I, w- I want to see, I want to con- see the continued upward trajectory of Aiden. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly, um, Bridges has really kind of rounded into form, and I'd like to see if there's anything that can improve in that area. Um, I'd like to see. Um, more from Cam and Ty. Both of those guys come are come come back from injuries, like the um, you know, and I think they're playing at less than one hundred percent right now. Um, and so the, I think the All Star break will do them good. Um, but I definitely want to see kind of what they can bring to the table. Um, I would like to see this team to win somewhere in the low to mid thirties in games. That'll be. How many games are left after the All-Star break? Um, oh, let me do math really quick here. Say something and then I'll tell you. But I, the Suns need 10 to 13 more wins for me to be happy with the season. Um, I mean... 27. So that means they need to go <laughs> just under 500... For the rest of the season. Remember last episode when I said that mid-30s area, low-30s was getting harder to get to? It's, yeah. Case in point. 
Yeah. Case in point. Okay, I will revise that. I would like them to beat their Vegas over-under. Which is what, 28 and a half? I think so, yeah. Get cra- cracking 30 would be great. And and whatnot. And I think once we get some more guys healthy, um, we can have a shot at that. But in in the imperfect world where the injuries continue, I'm going to start focusing more on individual player development. Sure, absolutely. And, and I think that's completely fair, especially, you know, you bring up Mikhail Bridges. He's had a great February so far, you know, 12 points a game, shooting 45% from three-point range, which is what we're expecting you know, expecting well, that, I don't know why he's paying 45. Well, expecting that 3 and D guy, if you yeah. would have let me finish, you would have heard that. <clears throat> excuse me. Can't but finish. He's been, he's been <clears throat> excuse me, uh, averaging two steals a game over a block per game this month. <clears throat> so ultimately we're seeing the Mikhail Bridges that we are expecting to see, at least to a certain degree, come out here as of late. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> excuse me. For me, though... In addition to Bridges, I, I'm really focused kind of on what Cam Johnson um, gets to do, what kind of opportunities he gets here for the remainder of the year. I'd like to see him get to a point where we're witnessing him get 20 minutes per game plus on a regular basis. Uh, he's the type of player, at least looking at his stats, who seems to perform better when he's getting higher levels of playing time. which. Right can be said for a lot of players, maybe most players. Uh, but looking at, you know, Rhythm games players. where right, games where he's played 20 minutes plus versus games where he's played under 20 minutes, he's shooting 41.5% from three versus 33.3% from three. Right. Uh, his per 36 scoring goes up a slight tick when he's playing those 20-plus minutes. And, you know, for especially for a guy who's coming back from an injury here, Getting him used to playing in the NBA and what have you, even though he's a 35-year-old rookie, uh, is, <laughs> is, still, is still important for him. So I would definitely like to see Cam specifically get, get more playing time because, you know, looking at Bridges, Bridges is going to get his. He's going to get his right. playing time. Sure, we want to see the development, but I think step one for Cam is to see him get those consistent minutes, which will hopefully then allow him to start to show that type of development that Bridges is showing now at this point in his uh, second second year? Second year. Yeah. I mean, I look at our roster, the, the team's roster, and I'm, I look at it, I'm like, okay, we've got seven guys I for sure want to keep around next year. Booker, Aiton, Oubre, Rubio, Mikhail, mm-hmm. Cam, Tie. Tie? That's it. I mean, and that, that's taking into account that a lot of the other guys are free agents. <laughs> Fair. You know, those guys, I don't want to be looking to, I'm not looking to move any of those seven. I mean, if we if Baines is willing to stay, wants to stay at a reasonable rate, sure, I'll pay him. Um. Dario, I could probably take or leave. Depends on the number. Depends on what we can get in his place. I, I'm legit getting to the point where I'm like, oh, we just roll with, um, Mikhail and Kelly at that three four spot, mm-hmm. and they just kind of 
depending on the matchup, they can just switch it. It seems, particularly with the way Aiton's improved on the defensive end, it's not like they have to guard a bigger player because there isn't a big behind them kind of patrolling the paint and protecting it. Now, let, let me ask you this, and this is jumping way, 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 way ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'll assume Booker and Aiton truly going nowhere. Yeah. What if you could take, for example, Kelly Oubre uh-huh. and trade him during the offseason for yeah. a four, like a true four? Like the guy who? who? Aaron Gordon. I mean, on on paper, you can make an argument that that's like a great trade for both teams mm-hmm. because um, the Magic have a logjam in the front court and Aaron is kind of the odd man out. He's the guy who's being shifted out of what would be his, probably the NBA's preferred position for mm-hmm. him, which would be at the power forward. He's being shifted into that small forward role, whereas the Suns are the reverse. They don't really have power forwards. They've got logjam at wings. They're playing two wings at the three and the four. So on paper, that could be great, but I think there's some intangibles that Kelly brings that... Yes, he's can be very frustrating at times, and you're you can want to bang his head against the wall and just get him off the team. <laughs> you want to bang not he doesn't make you want to bang your head against the wall. You want to bang his head against yes. the wall. Like what are you doing? I like, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I, I felt like you said that in that way on purpose, and I appreciate it. I get what you're saying. Um, but I think. There's intangibles that he brings to the team that, like, when he's on, the the team is good. I think, though Aaron Gordon is probably more of a consistent player, I don't think he has the um, the peaks that Kelly has that can kind of bring the team to, like, another level. All right, and, and Gordon's, I mean, his, and this could be a product of what you were just talking about, but his stats They're have been down, down this year. Yeah. Um, but I think that might be part of it is just like recency bias of it's just like maybe he's just out and being on the magic and you put him you put him into a spot where his role truly can be that four and you know the other thing is people are saying that like his preferred role would be something more similar to a Draymond Green like scoring isn't like the goal it's Mm -hmm. like utilizing some of his play he's like an an athletic version of Draymond Green can rebound, can kind of can play make a little bit. You know, if scoring happens great, but it's not like the requirement. There should be other scorers on the team. He can defend, which are all things, all great things to have on a basketball player. Marion esque, yes, Marion esque. One other guy that intrigues me and intrigued me at the trade deadline, even though he was injured, Laurie Mark. Luke Kennard. <laughs> Luke Kennard, sure, but Laurie Markin, but. You know what? That's a conversation I feel for another day. Yeah? Yeah. Anything that you want to say to close out this episode, Paul? No, I'm, I'm good. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Was that to me or to the listeners? <laughs> to the listeners. Okay. Uh, well, as Paul said, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. As we always say here, we appreciate it. Uh, you can find us on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network and on brightsideofthesun.com. You can catch me on Twitter. I'm at so says J. Paul. 
Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. And until next time, depending on when you're listening, have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Just wanna hear you say, yeah, 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 yeah.